Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, Fred's Power Hour on a Friday afternoon. You know what that means. That means Brian Baston on thefourcheck.com is here. Brian, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Pretty good. Seems like we just talked. It does seem suspiciously like we just did a Fred's Pod in less than 48 hours ago. But That's right. things have changed. Uh, when we last talked, the Preds had, uh, were on a very depressing losing streak. And mm-hmm. since then, the Preds are on a one game winning streak and many are saying that charlie burris uh turning his attention elsewhere uh last night to a waffle house run all kinds of other things outside of watching the preds was the difference so charlie uh welcome to the program and uh unfortunately brian and i have collectively decided as a two three rule you were not allowed to watch the preds until they lose another hockey game actually i'll amend that you do have to go to waffle house too there you go I might come back a few pounds heavier if that's going to be the case because the Waffle House last night was excellent. It's the first time I've been there in like years and years and years. Oh. We just did it. We did it on a total whim, just me and my wife. And I can oh, eat it's Waffle House breakfast every single day. And oh I never my get gosh. Tired of it. It, it just, it, it's like so good for your soul, like mm-hmm. everything about it. Even like, even the people that work there, they're always, mm-hmm. oh like, yeah. They're like your weird relatives that you, you're like, yeah, they're pretty crazy, but like, they're awesome. Like, it's just so great. Yeah. When I was an undergrad up in Pap and Powell, we used to go to the Waffle House before finals and we'd get there like 7 p.m. We'd get dinner, we'd get a pot of coffee and study there all night and just drink coffee, Oof. have breakfast in the morning, then go take finals. <laughs> Don't yeah. recommend doing that, kids, but <laughs> yeah, do do as I say, not as I do. But uh I didn't watch the game and I'm angry at the Predators. Because I was planning to come on here and lay mm-hmm. down some of the hottest takes these airwaves have ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took that power away from me because they suddenly won and won by like a good margin last night. And I'm frankly, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy that they won <laughs> and took away my talking points. So, uh, well, let's zap the memory of what they did last night, Charlie. And let's get how you would have done it before last night let's pretend you don't know the result i'm interested here we go i mean it just fed into every thought that i've had about john hines and the way that this team is built where i just said like in fact it was even worse because i really thought i was like yeah it's not that bad they're just kind of middling and then they came out in those games and got blasted by the stars and just like i was embarrassed essentially and I, I, I'm already somebody who has Heinz skating on real thin ice, pun intended. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just was n- not happy to see that at all because what you saw tonight, you saw that this team has dudes and you saw that they can play up when they want to, or whatever, however you want to diagnose them suddenly, you know, winning a game by four goals. But um, yeah, it's just really frustrating because it feels like they're they're just not getting the most out of this team. I, I don't know that however many games in at this point, six or whatever games into the season, I'm going to be like, fire John Hines. I already did that last season. Um, <laughs> that still kind of stands. Right. But I, 
I was very unhappy just in general, where I was just like, is this really how the season's going to be? We're just, you know, you, you're playing the teams in your division and just getting your ass kicked. That's just mm-hmm. not, that's not, that's the whole game. I mean, what else are you supposed to, that's how you make the playoffs and how you do anything of significance in the NHL and they're getting whipped. So, um, but we'll, we'll see now. Um, I'll have to not watch every game uh, from the Waffle House and and we'll see how things turn out. What's your Waffle House order? So it, it really depends. If I'm eating the full meal, I am mm-hmm. a true like I don't ever get like dinner, actual dinner food from there. It's the all star. Mm-hmm. You just go full full bore, get a little bit of everything. But like mm-hmm. last night all was uh, just I believe it's smothered and covered, right? Onions, mm-hmm. cheese, hash browns um nice and simple and it just has the one square of cheese right in the middle mm-hmm. and that square of cheese is the best cheese you've ever tasted when it's you know 1 a.m it's yeah it's too good apologies to the good folks who are now quite hungry listening to podcast <laughs> and not eating today that was uh you've, not you've informed my uh my one of my meal decisions this weekend with the kids so there you go Thank you. Brian, yeah. what's your <clears throat> order what's your so cheap order? too Oh uh, yeah, the ch- cheapest is like, no, uh, easy. It's the two egg breakfast over easy, uh, white toast, egg, uh, hash brown smothered and covered, uh, extra order of bacon uh, fried crispy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's been a while. I haven't been. I don't go nearly as much as I used to. I've probably been, wow, six, five or six in the last year or so. But it's the same. I mean, sometimes I switch it up. I do the all star. I'm not a big waffle person, ironically, but. Uh, mm. Sometimes you just need like a big sloppy breakfast, and it's gonna be quick. Everybody's gonna be nice. You can put on whatever music you want and, you know, you can annoy everybody in there. Like I, I tend to do it every time I go in there. So, um, you know, because sometimes you just want to hear me sing Reba McIntyre uh, at like seven in the morning. So before we go to work. So, you know, you never know. How is Monarch going, Brian? Like, is it just is everything going haywire on the, the ABC or is it Fox uh, network drama starring Reba McIntyre? Isn't it called Monarch? It's like Yellowstone for. Uh, local, oh, local. I don't know. I actually didn't know any, much about it, and it's yeah. it's funny because I I live about two or three miles away from where she used to. She has she had a big uh, big plot of land and a bunch of buildings over there. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I don't. Unfortunately, I'm not as uh, a big of a Reba fan as I should be, and that's that's she something that's cool, on though. me. Yeah, she's Reba awesome. Seems yeah, I'm, we're pro Reba, pro Dolly here yep. on this program. See, and we, you know, I tell you, it took us, a, it took us a little while, but mm-hmm. we're truly part of the Nashville media now because <laughs> we have managed to make this hockey talk about country music. And again, my fault. I'm the one who's usually like, come on guys. So, but we're, we're there now we've arrived. I just realized we could rebrand if we ever want to. And I swear I will fight whoever steals this idea that I'm throwing out publicly, but I'm surprised it hasn't been done. Honky tonk, hockey talk. That is a Nashville Preds pod right there. Yeah. Would it be literally like country music talk mixed with hockey talk, or is it just no, just like Nashville? It just it, maybe you blend yeah. them together. Maybe you you dive into Cole Swindell, and then you're like, and that leads us naturally to Yossi. And if you can, if you're able to bounce between country music and and hockey, that's a that's a superior trait. There is a 100% chance, though, if you did that, there's a 100% chance that I would jokingly call it honky talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have to. I would have to call it honky talk because that's mm. a hilarious name. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I will do it. I'll plug. This was something I was listening to this morning if, while we're talking about country music. Go listen to Gabe Lee's new album, G-A-B-E-L-E-E. He put mm. it out this morning, uh, and the dude is criminally underrated nashville native guy 
uh, Gabe Lee. Go listen to his new record. It's like a nine out of ten. I, okay. I endorse it fully while we're hmm. talking about country music here. Until my wife like swats my hand away from the aux cord and puts Taylor back on because she's all in. She's still going back through going. Oh, Charlie, uh, you can't be doing that. The uh, new album, pr- Garbaggio. It's it's not really that bad. Garbaggio. But it's, it's yeah, no, I don't think it's bad. Sweet, I'm only listening. Boring. I'll tell you a better album that was released that same day was Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're talking to Mr. 90% rap and hip hop, and then the rest is just a grab bag. Yeah, that Carly Rae Jepsen album, it slaps. I mean, she knows how to do pop music. She's got a niche, she knows how to do it. You know, makes me feel feel like a strong independent woman too. So <laughs> what, what more easier, can you ask for? It's easier said than done. Like everybody. Yeah. They always rag on all those bands like Imagine Dragons, Nickelback and stuff. Those dudes sold like a hundred million records or whatever. And that is not easy to do. So, yeah, they may be a joke, but they're a talented joke. So good for them. Which naturally leads us to the Preds win over the Blues last night. Six to two. (laughs) They scored. Yeah. (laughs) Six goals. Two to the Blues. Uh, Brian, you were in the building. What did you see and what was the most surprising part about the offensive explosion from a team that has uh, not exactly been the most explosive (laughs) team offensively to start this year? Yeah, so they had talked all week, and you know, and these are things that you can take with a grain of salt. When they, t- you know, they said like the intensity level was was ratcheted up in practices. The things, you know, they were doing things a little bit differently. Which, you know, you hear that, you know, a team that's losing, you hear that kind of a thing all the time. But uh, I think the things that we did see though were that were tangible actions from from John Hines, where he switched up some of the personnel. Um, no, so we we saw a return to a line that got a little over two hundred and. 50 uh, or so minutes last season uh philip forsberg with with uh ryan johansson and matt duchene so mikhail granland moved down to the second line um cody glass came up to center that with you know nita rider so that was the big shuffle with the forwards and then uh on defense they moved Ekholm back over to his left side put him with carrie again and mcdonough was on the third pair and so those were the things that everybody kind of were looking at and actually talked about it before the game you know saying that you know yes the 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 Granlin Duchesne Forsberg line last season was incredible, you know, basically record breaking. Um, but you know, they had at times had moved Johansson up there and it had really worked out really well for the team, you know, and they I think their their offensive, you know, production had, you know, was quite a bit better. And last night was almost exactly what we were, we were expecting. So I mean, that line finished with um Philip Forsberg had three points on three assists, Matt Duchesne uh had three points on three assists and uh ryan johansson had a goal so i mean that's seven points right there between those three guys you know one of them was on the power play but when they they scored you know that it was the three of them on an odd man rush and and joey just put it put it in there quite beautifully and so that that lineup combination really did kind of spark that top line because again you didn't see you know forsberg and duchene didn't get on the on the board technically but Three points is is no big, you know, not, nothing to scoff at, and that's what you expect out of your top line. Are you a big Sanford guy after this one? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean he he looked good. I, I will say that his goal on that wraparound, I didn't think the angle that he had was he was going to be able to get it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I saw the puck go up and over the over the uh, blocker of Thomas Grice, um, 
I was just like, did he like, I was like, surely he didn't just lacrosse that in there, which he didn't. He's, I think what he did, it wasn't the greatest shot he had said after, after the game, he was like, yeah, it really wasn't the best, you know, shot I could have done, but I think it hit uh, Grice's stick. And so ramped over. So it was a nice move, powerful move. I mean, he got his guy off of him and he was able to make that tight turn. You don't see, you know, for a game that you kind of think about when you're, if you're a hockey casual hockey fan, you think about, you know, shots like that, like the wraparounds are always really cool, but you just don't see them very much anymore. And I always get excited when you see them because it's always just a cool, you know, it's like driving to like to dunk, you know, it's just great when you see that type of a thing. And so he, uh, you know, he, he got to do that against his former team. He was with, uh, with them last year. And so he was excited that that, you know, that got to happen. And a lot of people were kind of curious because the changes to the fourth line were, most people were kind of, you know, I would say mildly disappointed, maybe to say the least, because um, that fourth line ended up being Cole Smith, uh, Michael McCarrot, and Zach Sanford. So Ellie Tolvanen was a healthy scratch, and we can talk more about that later. Uh, so people weren't really expecting much out of that group, but, you know, they they came out and they did you know exactly what they were supposed to do, too. I think between them, uh, obviously, McCarron had his goal, which was excellent. Um, so he he did great on there. Sanford had his goal and uh, Cole Smith had two points to assist. So, I mean, we talked about the top line having seven points, but, you know, that's four points from your fourth line. So that's something that, again, you know, they I think this was an intentional lineup decision in the fourth line to get that size down there, which most people haven't been a huge fan of. But against the Blues, it worked and, you know, no fights or anything. They tried. There were a couple of times the Blues, Blues trailers really tried to to provoke them, but Nashville didn't get any fights, which that helps. <laughs> do you believe in Granlin on the right side now? Do you think that's where he should be? Yeah, he wasn't always a center. And mm -hmm. in, in the NHL, it's uh, it's kind of dubious as to, you know, if you look up a player's position on, the, on, on their own website or on the rosters, it just says like center wing, but it's really interchangeable. I mean, Johansson and Duchesne are both centers technically. You know, Mikhail Granlund came as a wing, <clears throat> but he he's felt he falls into that that center role really well just because he's kind of a playmaker. And so uh yeah, I think it'll be fine. I think that uh, you know, Cody Glass was okay, uh, you know, towards the first couple of periods. The whole team as a whole was kind of sloppy, even though they outshot him in the first period. They were pretty sloppy. Um, and then at the end third period, we didn't see Cody Glass very much at all. I think maybe only like two shifts all third period. And uh, they had asked him about that, uh, Coach Hines, after about that after the game, and he had just said, "Well, it really wasn't much of an ability thing, as much of they had matchups that they liked." Um, which you know, again, we'll see. Um, but you know, so Cody Glass in the top six, a lot of people wanted to see it. He got a shot, did fine, um, but we just didn't see a lot of him towards the end of the game. So it'll be interesting to see where he gets slotted uh, for Saturday's game. Uh, Charlie. Hines said, quote, after the game, you want to try to have some lines that have some identities as best you can. And those guys came through tonight. He's speaking to you. He's trying to find identity. He's trying to please you. He's mixing things up. He's not sticking with the status quo. He is trying to get good. back on your good side. He is willing to go out of his comfort zone to figure this thing out for you, Charlie Burris. I mean, I am at this point desperate for anything like this. And I was happy to see that the reason that things loosened up last night seemingly was because he actually made changes because it, I mean, it goes to my overarching point there that they needed to change stuff like that's mm -hmm. the whole thing, you know, and they, they brought in some new players, even if it wasn't as much as I would like to see. Uh, but, you know, they did that. And now you stuck with the same coach who, 
you know, wasn't a world beater and that's okay, I guess. Um, but then it, at least he's willing to do things like this. That's good. I I'll give him hundred percent credit on that. And I mean, Hey, it's, if it, if it works going forward that, you know, big game tomorrow, um, to be Laviolette, you know, you, you got something to prove, even if it's this early in the season. So I'm, I'll, I'll grant the, grant him this. We'll, I'll, I'll allow it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Brian, Yossi is not all that pace. He's a very chill dude. The way mm-hmm. he approaches the game and the way he approached his cold start and really not uh, playing the way that I think all of us expected Yossi to play out of the gate. He said, quote, yeah, not too hot of a start for me, but I think sometimes it's funny and hockey. You try to focus on your game. You try to focus on the process. And I think it's all about how you feel about your game and how you're playing. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. And uh, on Thursday night, they went in and he had three points. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was it was something that they were really, you know, again, you you expect this guy who is thought you're going to have a hundred point scorer. Um, you know, you really expect him to be come out the gate firing, which, you know, is fine. But this is again, we're now almost almost just under 10 percent of the way through the season. And so, it you know, it takes a little bit of time. And when you know, again, Yossi just kind of was absent from these games, not awful, but still not, you know, a world beater that he normally is. But I think something kind of opened up for him. And again, like, it's great to see him, see him, you know, be able to play and have a three point game. I think that he's had 25 of those, I think, as a as a defenseman, which is a crazy number, really. Um, But, you know, him coming out and having that breakout. I mean, you look at your guys and we talked about, you know, yeah, like we have the depth players, you got to stay out of the box, you know, you've got to make better passes. But you know, one of the other things was the big players needed to step up and, you know, you go down the list, you're, you know, all of your expensive guys up on the top line, they did their job. Uh, Roman Yossi came out there, had a three point game, three point game and a great, just great game all over the ice. Those guys stepped up as well. You see Saros um, was, was excellent, you know, allowing those two goals, but he, you know, was, I think he saved uh, a goal more than expected. So, I mean, he's, that's great. Like he did the big, the big guys, the the guys that you're hoping to see come out there and play really strong. They kind of gave you a, a sense of last year's like fun, offensive, you know, powerhouse team, you know, relatively rather. So I like it. Um, well, let's talk about the elephant in the room, the healthy scratch. What does this mean? Is this a one time thing, Brian? Or do you think this is something that fans should expect might be the case going forward? Yeah, and that's an interesting one just because it kind of came out of nowhere. I think, you know, we didn't we didn't get an answer about it after the game. Um, I think, honestly, a lot of it had to do with, I think, with what they were going for on that fourth line. Like, I think even with Sanford, if you took Sanford out, you've got McCarron, um, you know, down there. Are you going to – do you really want to put, you know, Ellie Tolvanen down there without Cody Glass? You know, this is not – it was not a um, finesse line at all. You know, these guys are – the big bruisers and it's not, you know, they're not going to come out there and have this many points in a game like they did, you know, every time. So, you know, I think that kind of uh, factored into it a bit. Um, but the interesting thing is, is, is right when Heinz got hired a few years back, I had spoken with um, CJ Totoro from uh, who at the time was writing for the New York, uh, the New Jersey devils uh, website on SBN. And he had said one of the interesting things that, you know, the players really did like Heinz a lot. He was a, a player's coach is, you know, they say, but one of the things that he said was kind of a criticism from fans was that he had a shorter leash with his younger players than he did with his veterans. And 
I remember that the other day and I was thinking, you know, you look at last year and Luke Cunnan playing all 82 games yet. You see, you saw Tomasino and, and Tolvin and get, you know, healthy scratch. You see Tolvin and getting healthy scratch now after getting a, a chance in the top six, you know, obviously Tomasino is, has playing pretty well down in Milwaukee, but you know, it starts to make you think, you know, there's, there's the veterans who aren't really stepping up and doing a ton. I mean, Colton Sissons has been kind of absent. Uh, Yakov Trenin has been, been scoring, you know, Tanner Janot is Tanner Janot. He's always, you know, doing what he's doing, but you know, there's still, you know, they had the injury to Mark Borowiecki, but would we have seen, you know, a healthy scratch of McDonough? I don't think so, but you know, he kind of struggled a little bit too. And so, it makes me think about, you know, is this going to be a thing where they're going to put Tolvin in back in the lineup and maybe move glass back down? Um, that could happen. I would say that if, if it's, if Tolvin gets back in tomorrow, it'll be because they've reshuffled that line, but I don't think they will. And so I, it's, it's hard to, to speculate. Um, I will say the one thing that you know may have been the reason is that he did shave off his mustache uh, a couple of days ago, which a lot of people, you know, the kids, I had 21, 22 or something like that. Like it's hard to grow facial hair, especially when you're that young. Not everybody can do 31. Yeah, I know. Trust me. It took me about 32 years. So, and Mm -hmm. this is barely qualifies. So yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, you know, not everybody can have be like Phil. And unfortunately I think maybe that's part of it. Maybe he's being punished. You know, John Hines said, listen, you know, if you got hair that grows on your head, you better cherish it because you know, things can end up, end up a lot like me. So you don't want to do that. And maybe that's the punishment, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to watch and see you know if he does that because it, you know that's the kind of thing that fans are going to be like what's going on now Tolvanen's out Tomasino's still in the AHL what's going on yeah I, w- I was gonna say should the the move to put Tomasino in the AHL and now he's he's kind of shining for the admirals should this be the last straw to finally have David Boyle be fired <laughs> go Brian <laughs> um <laughs> Yes. Yes, I think so. That's Absolutely. what I was hoping. That's what I was hoping for. Absolutely. Yeah, I think between mm-hmm. that and um, you know, seeing the prices for drinks in Bridgestone after the uh, five game losing streak, you know, you think they'd put a discount. So that yeah, those are the two things I think, you know, mm. he definitely is in charge of that. So <laughs> I, I will um, say though, yeah, and I, if we've got a little bit of time, I did want to highlight one thing from yesterday, mm-hmm. and we haven't heard much about him from anybody except for me, you know, at one o'clock in the morning last night, Matias Ekholm had a fantastic game. He's back on, he was back on his left side. I mean, his numbers were, I'm going to pull this up because it was pretty ridiculous. So again, he, you know, on the score sheet, it wasn't anything, no points, only had two shots on goal, but on, while he was on the ice, um, he uh, was on the ice for 22 shot attempts for by the Predators and just four attempts against in 16 Hmm. minutes at five on five. Um, that, you know, just nine shots, the three, uh, no goals, you know, no goals allowed, no goals scored, but that's, you know, to play 16 minutes and to go, you know, 22 and four, that's shut down defense. And, you know, Carrier has always complimented his game because Carrier can be that more of a Roman Yossi type, you know, moving defenseman. And that has gotten a lot better too, but, you know, they got him back on his side, his natural side, what he's been playing his entire career. And you could tell a difference. I mean, he was much better all night you know with where he where he was at and his uh on his assignments and so it'll be interesting because if he continues to do that you know what do they do where do they put mcdonough do they move you know one of carrier or fabro down or they put you know do they keep a really expensive six million dollar third pairing defenseman it'll be interesting uh it's you know i just think that matthias ekholm looked a lot like regular matthias ekholm last night so hmm um saturday night Charlie, 
Washington Capitals at home. What are you looking for out of the Preds on Saturday? What uh, what are you most interested in in this matchup on Saturday? Winning would be nice. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good question. I mean, just more effort from Hines to fix what's been wrong. Clean play, competent play at all levels with every line you know just the things that equal winning hockey frankly because it i mean i cannot lie those losses all in a row and most of them just being inexcusable uh spooked me for sure and i just go like is this is is it gonna be more of that or more of what we saw last night where you're getting good contributions from guys you weren't even expecting and some of the changes that the coach made uh there the, those are working um or is it going to be the garbage we watched in that losing streak so um it, it's it's really that can they stay consistent uh and actually do it night overnight and can you not get embarrassed by your prior coach who left uh and you you know you just don't want to see that guy succeed right you want the worst for him i hope he <laughs> fails uh no I, I have no hard feelings for peter laviolette he he was a great coach while he was here in nashville but um i mean you do i i am serious in that you know you want to beat that guy you you want to say like we're still good we're all right without you because i certainly haven't felt overall that we upgraded frankly uh you know and so at least do that. At least beat the last guy. That'd be nice. What are you? What about you, uh, Brian? What are you most looking forward to outside yeah. of just beating Peter Laviolette? Yeah, that's. I mean, it, that's going to be kind of the thing. So had this had last night's game gone differently and they'd lost, you know, I think this game would have taken on just a massive amount of importance because, again, yes, you know, losing this game is just a game in the season, and you know, I think that one of the things that that the team had said is they'd much rather have a losing streak like this happen now rather than later down the road when they've got momentum, um, which is fine, you know, if they can do that. Uh, but yeah, you want to definitely beat the guy because you know this guy's coming back in there. Most of the fan base was pretty much in agreement on it was time to move on. But if you've got this guy come in and you know your coach can't beat him, and you've the coach has already been taking some heat early in this season, that's a rough look. And so I'm sure that they're going to want to really you know push for that. But you know it's can can Nashville continue doing what they did? I mean they're going to have a team that's a can be physical, you know, you know, the guys like Wilson and guys like that over in Washington, you know, are they going to be able to keep up with that? Because they haven't been playing teams like, you know, the Capitals, there's they're four and four, uh, four, four and zero this season, but you know, they've got a more offensive power power. They've got a guy defenseman that can kind of match up with a guy like uh, uh, Roman Yossi, you know, so Tarasenko still, or not Tarasenko, I'm sorry. Um, uh, John Carlson, Sorry, you know, on defense, he was, you know, the guy who came in second to Roman Yossi when he won the, the the Norris. And so if they can continue to look like they did last night and which kind of, mo you know, resembled a lot more the team we saw last season, you know, maybe we can sit here and think that last night was, you know, not just an outlier and it's something that we can come back to expect with the team. And so it's going to be really interesting because they can't, you know, penalties are going to have to be, they're going to have to be much better. You know, they're still, they're, they're ninth, in the league for penalty killing, which is great. You know, that's what you want to see. Uh, but they're still 28th. They got a PowerPoint uh, power play goal last night, but I think that's the third on the season. Um, and you can't mess around because you've got Ovechkin just sitting there. You know, he's going to be good for a, probably a goal uh, every other game you play against him, if not more. And so they can't afford to make those mistakes and give him a chance to do it because, 
you know, Nashville took a really early uh, deficit last, you know, I think minute seven into the game, they went, they were down one zero. Um, and then they, you know, they had, the, they allowed the tying goal and it came right back and scored again. And so can they respond like that all game? Is that, that's going to be the most interesting thing. Four, four, four and four. We'll see how, who goes over 500 in this series. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, the power rate percentage is just still quite alarming for the Preds. I just... Yeah. It drives me nuts because it kind of reminds me of before, you know, they brought in the assistant coach, uh, Brad Lambert, uh, and he, one of the things that drove me nuts about the power play under Laviolette was there was just no movement uh, on the power play. So basically they, they, you know, the blues last night, they were sitting there in that diamond right in front of the net, just kind of shifting and they mm-hmm. were allowing all the passes to the perimeter. So they had, you know, Nashville would have three guys in the perimeter and two guys, you know, parked in front of the net, but they weren't moving. They were just kind of sitting there trying to kind of wedge their way open. And so they'd have to, they had to resort to, uh, you know, taking point shots and hoping for rebounds, which didn't work and it hasn't worked all season. Um, mm. you know, but they, you know, they created turnovers when they broke out, you know, on the power play last night. And it was just three guys coming in, controlled entry, got in the zone, passed the puck around, you know, went straight to the net and they scored. And it's kind of like, that's the way you do it. There's your, there's your template. You can't sit there and they're going to give you those perimeter passes all the time. Like they're going to let Roman Yossi shoot, you know, have like seven shots on goal just in the power play because. You know, chances are he's probably that's not going to turn into a goal. So, you know, they've got to do better on that because it's I don't know. This was Heinz. You know, I'd heard a lot about Heinz had been better about getting guys in motion, getting keeping guys moving and, you know, creating moving screens. I just haven't seen that a lot on the power play. And there's too much talent on that power play for it to be that. uh, What's the word I want to use? Impotent residence right now. I, I don't know if there's anything more frustrating than that with this team over a number of years. I mean, because I, I remember mm-hmm. with Laviolette, didn't they like fire the guy before they fired Laviolette? Didn't they like fire the coach that was over the power play or something trying to fix it and didn't ever really get fixed? And then now, I mean, with this team, like you got you got Philip Forsberg, one of the best scorers in the league. You got Matt Duchesne, who's one of the best facilitators in the league and one of the best scorers mm-hmm. in the league. And and along with that, when he's at the top end of his ability, you know, Johansson is another great dude and just all of these guys and you can't score like what's happening. What is it? And why can you not for years now get that figured out? Cause I, I, it just feels like to me, if you got the right strategist in there overseeing that element of the game, th- there's just, I don't think that you could convince me. There's not somebody out there that could get this power play to work <laughs> like, like strategically yeah. and it's surely. Funny, right. It's really funny because last season that was their best season in franchise history. You know, yeah. 24, 24%, which is what saved them. Kind of. It helped. And, it and now helped. we're back. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh man, it's, that is in- incredibly frustrating. It, it's deja vu. I mean, it's, you're <sighs> right. going back to those days with Laviolette where you were like, how do we have these guys? And this is what the power play looks like. What yep. are we out here doing? And and that's, yeah, it's frustrating. So maybe, hopefully, different lines, different looks. I don't know. Whatever they got to do. But that's that will help this team immensely if they could get that figured out. I like it. Um, trivia, as we wrap up here on a Friday. Uh, Brian Baston, what do you have for us this week? 
Yeah. Okay. So this one, it shouldn't be shouldn't be too difficult. But um, Roman Yossi had three points last night in the win against St. Louis. Um, you know, kind of got him off his slump because he had only had a single point so far up to before last game. Sorry, uh, but now he sits twenty points away from taking the franchise lead in uh, points scored. Uh, you know, he currently sits at five hundred and forty-six. The person in the lead has five hundred and sixty-six. Uh, who is that person that's all-time leading scorer for the Nashville Predators? Is it Paul Correa? Nope. That's a good guess. Paul Correa? Was he? Would that be He close? wasn't here long enough. I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, that's true. Think, uh, he was at 26th with 161 points. Uh, yeah. I'll give you another hint. Um, he had passed last season. He passed Martin Erat. So it's yeah, because not... he was the answer to the last question. I mean... Um, he this passed Martin Year. Uh, it's not Forsberg, is it? No, Forsberg is actually, uh, I think, fourth with 476. He'll actually pass Martin Erat here within five points. I have no idea. Not, then. I'm not a great uh, Predators historian, clearly. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a guy who played ni- 956 games for Nashville. Wow. So clearly it's somebody we should know. That's okay, though, because I'm the not. same way. I'm new for was it, but was it like somebody way back? Because I, I mean, I always went to games when I was a kid, but I didn't like know all of the players like... and all of the. Because I don't remember anybody He's... recently that was just back home. No, 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 no. Uh, he he shares he shares a name with our current general manager. With the David, general David. David. Uh, I have no I'm idea. David Legwand. Oh, okay. yeah. I knew as soon as I said it, you'd be like, oh, no. I should. Yeah. yeah, I should have known that. That's dumb. Uh, it, it, it happened. But yeah, no, he was uh, getting he started. He played a he played a game in the inaugural season and was there uh, all the way up until uh, 2014. So in like 956 yeah. games. And so Yossi, you know, is so long. Yeah, Yossi is uh, about 180 games behind, but is about, you know, it's only 20 points behind him for taking over the lead. So, I mean, that's wow. really impressive and speaks to what Roman Yossi does because, yeah, you know, you say he's an offensive defenseman, but, you know, to put yourself in the position to be able to score that many points when you're the quarterback, you know, you're not, you're, you're back there taking those point shots. I, it's, it, it's he's special. I mean, Roman Yossi is just a special player. Yossi has a similar feeling right now to me to Derrick Henry with the Titans where you're like, you have like one of the premier dudes mm-hmm. who especially last season is in the peak of his career. And what are you getting with that right now? You know, Titans losing in the first round, Predators losing in the first round. I, there's there's some serious parallel parallels there that um it's it's tough to watch cuz you just go like, man, that's you got one of the dudes and you lose in the not only losing in the first round but getting annihilated by the team that ended up winning the cup so i mean look look at what look, look at washington though you know they for years like ovechkin could not win a cup and he was just one of the greatest ever that's true and yeah. it took it took him a while uh so you know it's just one of those that I'd, i the fact that i get to watch this generational player and talk to him you know several times a week is is awesome just because that's a guy who's going to be in the nhl hall of fame uh mm-hmm. And so it's just it's going to be really great. So yeah, it just I thought that was interesting. I always enjoy looking at the team records because they last season they broke an absurd number of like franchise records last year. And so I've always interested in watching that. I'm almost surprised how it, like the the Predators have had 
so much success making the playoffs all of those times in a row and all of those things. But the the records like aren't when you look at the records on some of these other teams that have been mm-hmm. around so much longer, it's like they're pretty not not unimpressive. I mean, it's always impressive when you break a record, but just relative to the whole of NHL hockey, the amount of success the Predators have, I feel like is not it doesn't meet up with how easy some of these records were to break. Does that make sense? Like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, but they weren't easy to break, but they just like the Predators had success, even though they didn't have some dudes ripping off 100 point seasons mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. So I don't know. Like, what was also the Preds' first pick ever? Hmm. I think all time scoring that. leader and first pick ever. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I also I, got that's a good a one. head eight and a half hat. No question. His head is gigantic. A gigantic skull on this man. He's wearing an eight and a half, like an eight and one eight at the very minimum. Um, I'm gigantic just making myself head. a note. I'm just making myself a note to talk to the equipment managers uh, <laughs> at Bridgestone next time to see if they can give me because that's the type of thing that they would love to tell. Be like, oh my god, his head's massive. So, yeah, I mean, ask him about that. Because... Speaking of speaking of of uh, mass people with massive heads and my you know seven and uh, seven th- uh, three quarters, like. Mm-hmm. It's hard out there when you've got a big noggin. Look, I was a seven. I think I'm a seven and three eighths now. I think I'm three eighths. My grandfather, my late grandfather was an eight. He oh, had wow. a, a gigantic head. Yeah. What are you, Brian? You said you have a big head. You don't. It's not near an eight, is it? You said seven and five eighths. Uh, seven and three fourths or seven and seven eighths sometimes. Yeah, you're not there. You're not I, quite there. I battled the, the hair monster. That's the biggest. My head is pretty big, but it's like yeah. I have all of this. Uh, Charlie, it, we get it. You have hair. It takes up a lot it. of space under there. Mm-hmm. My hair. Oh, that's true. Lo- Congratulations. Yeah. My hair gets me longer than this. It becomes anime hair real fast, and it's not a good look. Yeah, this. Okay. I mean, this is why I I wear a hat all all the time because <laughs> this is unruly, and I'm too lazy to go get a haircut. I really should, but that's your cross to bear, Charlie Burris. I feel so bad for you that you have all of this hair to not know what to do with it's such a shame that you have oh, to wear a hat yeah. to and it's awesome that tough life his evenings are freed up from watching predators games so that's mm, also pretty that's good true. good life yeah that is a good life um charlie burris what can the good folks check out from you over at a to z sports this week before the tennessee volunteers kick the shit out of uh, the kentucky wildcats tomorrow night it's a big game mm-hmm. um yeah uh put up multiple podcast this week did a little update yesterday about uh, the kid that got arrested from he, he plays in tennessee's defense and we did a little update video about mm-hmm. Jalen mccullough because the news that just came out that he was cleared to play but he probably isn't going to play and then we talked to ron slay tennessee basketball legend oh, on awesome. wednesday and that, that that interview was so he's such a cool dude uh i can't suggest that enough and then halftime post game i'm going to be Obviously, A to Z Sports YouTube. Go over there, subscribe, and we we do a halftime post game show for every Tennessee game, and it's a big one. Mm-hmm. Gotta get past the Mildcats, the uh, the Kentucky Mildcats. Am I right, folks? Um, Very good. Yeah, uh, but seriously, I I think it's it's not going to be an easy game. Although I think it will be ultimately a fun game that Tennessee wins. Uh, and do that blackout. How sweet are those black uniforms? So nice. Oh my god! I think it is going to be an easy game. I don't I, look. As I someone hope so. Who I really, predict, really hope so. The possibility is there. 
I think I was the only one on this podcast who predicted the Vols over Alabama. I think I was uh, the only one to say blowout over LSU. I, I don't think this is where Tennessee loses. I think they blow them out. I think this is a well, terrible matchup lose. for Kentucky. It's a I, terrible matchup for Kentucky. I said 11-point win. I said Kentucky covers. Oh, you're right at the line. Yeah. 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 I'm just worried about injuries. Mm. Yeah. You you got to preserve everybody for that that next week. Like yeah. we, we as fans can look forward to that Georgia game. Like you my know, galaxy brain is I want to tank the Georgia game. Like you, I, I want to drop that one, avoid mm-hmm. the SEC championship game. Let Georgia and Alabama play again. Let Tennessee Alabama finish win. 11 and one. And their only losses to the number one team in the country. They're in the playoff in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. Georgia would have to win the SEC championship. Yeah. Game and I think they would. I think there. they're better than Alabama this year. Cause at, that would give Alabama two losses. The two lost teams never made it into the playoffs. So Tennessee would kind of be the heir apparent there. Mm-hmm. Um, Although you got to, TCU has to lose. Got to get TCU to lose. I think they're going to lose. I don't think this is going to be a 12 and <laughs> TCU. And, and almost Oregon. Might 13 and 0, through. actually. Because because Oregon, Oregon. Oregon got blasted be, by Georgia in week one. Blasted. You, you got to make sure that you don't get blasted by Georgia. Yeah, exactly. Like close. close. If you lose to Georgia by like a, a one touchdown, a field goal or something, and that's your only loss all year, Tennessee's a playoff team. Yeah. I that's such totally. a weird thing to think about. That's so weird to think about right now. That's just, I never would have expected it, but feeling like 98 Hendon hooker born in 1998. People forget. God, 24 born mm-hmm. in 1998. That is. Deep. We're getting folks. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, on the roster right now. And you see it and you're like, Nico is, was born in what year? What year was Nico? Yeah. Malinova born 2004. Wouldn't it be? Yeah. He's it's just like less than that. 2005. Cause he's only 17. He's, uh, he's a senior now, so I mean, no, no, it's no. just like with when Dallas uh, drafted uh, Cedric Wilson's kid a couple years back, and I was like, oh, really? Like, bro, like that's oh man, it's that's crazy. But uh, Joey it, Porter Jr. playing for Penn State, and you're like, Joey Porter was not that okay. All right, Asante right, Samuel was the first one for me where it it really hit me. That, oh yeah, uh, I had a moment like that. We, I feel like I might have told this already on here, but. Went to the 9-11 museum a few months ago in New York City. We were standing in line. And there was a father with his adult son, clearly 17, 18, 19. And he was explaining to the kid, like, no, on that day, it was this and this and this. And I was like, that kid's like an adult. How does he not know what 9-11 is? And then you think about it, you're like, he wasn't even, he was three years out. On, mm. on September 11, 2001. And I'm like, oh, God, yeah. I'm getting old. That is because it's like, like yeah, people it's have like the no cornerstone historical bin of our lives. Yeah. And this kid was like, huh, what? What is 9 11? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, we've lived most, I think, if, if my math's right, like we've lived more of our life after that than we had, did before. So, oh, for uh, sure. Uh, I thought yeah. it was in fifth grade. Oh, <sighs> yep. Yeah. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Mm-hmm. freshman in high school jeez <laughs> uh, uh, anyways i also did it in japan and it was the next yeah but that's whatever um well what an awesome um i'm this is gonna be a great lead into what i was getting ready to plug <laughs> <laughs> all right moving from 9 11 to oh, Brian. <laughs> you got it oh, Brian. what would you like to plug so good no 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 um so yeah so i'm gonna be at the game tomorrow we're gonna have coverage with renegades puck on the four check I'm very excited. We've got some movement. And again, we have just posted a, our call for contributors. So we are looking for people, any experience level, whether you are a journalism student in college and you want to get your start, uh, or if you're, you know, like me, a 30, you, at the time, what, 
31 year old, you know, dad, single dad at the time who barely watched hockey. You can do it. Um, we'd love to have you. We've got a bunch of applicants already. We're really excited to kind of go through some of those. Um, you know, like with a lot of these, it's not going to be, you know, most of us will all start unpaid for a little while. So, you know, the the onus isn't really as as hard for you guys. But, you know, we've got a lot of people who are really passionate. I mean, we had seven people sign up or, you know, apply just within the first couple hours. So you know, please get out there. If you have any questions, you want help, you want advice, you want me to check over something for you, more than happy to do it. We want to have you guys out on the team since Charlie's folks stole Sean from us. Uh, we're, you know, we're calling up our guys from the eight, you know, like the age we're getting our new guys in our prospects. And I'm really excited for the people we've already got, you know, who've already been there. So make sure you check that out. It should be pinned on the homepage at on the We'd love to have you out there. There you go, Brian. Charlie, thank you as always for the time and you guys have a great weekend and I will talk to y'all next week. All right, go Preds. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.